for those who haven't been here the last few weeks, we've been doing a series called I Love My Church. Um, last week, who can remember what we spoke about? For those who were here, um, Angel. Putting down offences, A plus for Angel. So um, basically we spoke about this idea that Jesus actually came to break down our spiritual fences. Because fences were to keep stuff out or to keep stuff in. And so sometimes we put our fences up so we, we can prevent people getting uh, into us. Sometimes fences go up because we don't want um, things from our life, um, I suppose, seeping out and people seeing it. And so Jesus came to break those fences down. But as he did that, we in community sometimes want to reassemble those fences. We want to kind of put them up and, and keep people away from our life. So how do people go this week at actually bringing down their fences in some way? Like anyone, anyone even like open a gate maybe, like um, let someone in. What was that? You, you built a fence, okay. Um, so for the chickens, so physically speaking, that's okay. Um, if you built a spiritual fence this week, um, D minus, okay? You missed the point of last week altogether. But the thing is, this week I was talking to a, a friend of mine and, and I asked him, I said, oh, who do you catch up with with how things are going for you? He goes, I don't like to burden anyone. And I just went, well, mate, that's dumb. Like, um, we were meant to do that. He goes, but, but other people have got bigger problems than me. So, like, you, you need to be able to find someone that you can sort of, like, and again, it doesn't have to be always, at, like, going almost like to a Catholic confessional where you, you pour your heart out and there's this sort of unknown person. It can be someone that you, you deem as an equal, saying, hey, I respect our friendship. I respect the, the fact that I can be accountable with you and, and you can be accountable with me. I, it's not sharing up or down. It's, I'm sharing across. And I, I'm bringing down my fence. So I'm, I, I want to be in your backyard. I want you to come into my backyard. <coughs> and, and the thing is, what we, we see in that, we see this idea of a willingness to grow deeper with each other. And that becomes really important. Well, today um, we're, we're moving on from this idea of community and, and bringing down their fences. And, and for those who haven't done it this week or this past week, I really want you to do that for homework. I really want you to find a way of, of inviting someone in to something that maybe you don't let people into or actually being willing to enter into someone else's backyard and saying, you know what, I'm going to ask that extra question. I'm going to give them a call and see how they're doing. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to be willing for any answer that they're going to give me. Because sometimes we're, we're happy to ring up and go, yep, I've rung them, I asked them how they're doing. They said, great. I said, oh, I'll catch you later then. And sometimes we need to say, hey, how are you really doing? And, and be ready for that answer and be willing to hear that answer and to, to cry and to laugh and to listen through that journey. And that, that becomes, an, I, I suppose, is ideal for the community of Christ and for our community here. Are we willing to do that? So maybe one person that you want to sort of break down your fences with a little bit this week. One person. Who, who thinks they could do that for homework this week? Okay. We've, we've got this thing with hands here. Oh, yeah, I always want to, everyone just put your hand up nice and straight. I just want to make sure everyone's arms work. Okay. Some, some people's arms don't work, so... Okay, so they do work. I'm going, to, I'm going to ask a question again. Who here thinks breaking down their fences to one person this week is too hard? Oh, so I, I, I'm asking that question in the negative. So if hands go up, like you've actually answered wrong. So none of you think it's too hard. So who here is willing to 
either open up their backyard or to go into someone else's backyard this week. We, we're still not 100% on this. We've still got people that are struggling, like, uh, okay, with this concept. But, okay, so, like, I've at least got bad shoulders. That actually hurts me to do. But I'm willing to put my hand up. I'm willing to break down my fences this week. Okay, well, this week we're going to be looking at love in serving. Um, and so, sort of another sort of step in I love my church. And I'm kind of going to start off with something that has become quite prevalent in the last 10 years, I suppose. It's been around before that, but the idea of superheroes, that's something we've seen in the movies around us everywhere. Most of us have seen maybe at least one of the 50,000 superhero movies that have come out in the last year. Like, um, it seems like that at times. Um, if you haven't, like, um, I'm sure there's people willing to guide you through them. Like, um, that could be way here you break your fences down this week. So it could be a win-win for some people. Um, but superheroes are something that we are, are at least familiar with. Even if you don't, you're not in the comics, you are familiar with people like Superman and Batman. Um, there's so many out there. And, and the thing is, superheroes are something that's sort of going to, I suppose, play a part in what we talk about today. Superheroes and superpowers. And, and like, I don't know, who had a favourite superhero growing up? Um, so... And all the people that haven't put your hand up, you just go, I'm not going to put my hand up, I'll be embarrassed. But like, we, we most of us had like a, a favourite superhero. Um, like, there's so, like, again, you've got Spider-Man, Superman, Captain America, Hulk, um, and, and that's just the tiniest of lists. You could, some of you guys are sitting there right now, you're going to miss the rest of what I'm going to say because you're thinking, I could name so many more superheroes than that. Okay, just put a pin in that for now and keep that going in about 20 minutes' time. But the thing is, there's so many out there, and and as I said before, you could call it kid stuff, but in the past 10 years, there's been millions and millions of dollars made from superhero movies. And so there's something about superheroes that fascinate people. Um, in the Webster's Dictionary, the definition of superhero, it says, a fictional hero having extraordinary or superhuman powers, an exceptional, um, exceptionally skillful or a successful person. Now, I don't mean to criticise that definition, but the thing is, I think it comes up a little bit short. It's not quite complete. Superheroes are more than just extraordinary, superpowered, exceptionally, exceptionally skilled people. That's, only, that's not what makes them superheroes. Superheroes are superheroes because they utilise their abilities within a specific context to help in a specific way. It's because of what they do with what they have that makes them superheroes. Um, so who's the superhero of Metropolis? Superman. Superman, okay. Who's the superhero of Gotham? Now, I won't ask you who's the superhero of New York because there's lots of them in New York. Iron Man. I, well, Iron Man. Um, what was that one? He-Man. He-Man. Um, <laughs> so... There's one in every crowd, and I have to get about five in mine. So, anyway, um, but yeah, so you've got superheroes that they serve in a specific way. So, straight away, you know, Batman looks after Gotham, Superman looks after this city here over Metropolis, and, and so you know that they'll be flying, jumping, fighting, webbing, running, um, using their strength and anything else, and they're using their power in a specific context to help in a specific way. Because they're not just sitting on the couch going, I've got superpowers. That's not what makes them a superhero. Like, if they sit there on the couch, they probably would just get forgotten about and going, oh, that guy can lift up his couch and find his remote when he's lost it. 
Like, that's not really a superhero. Um, it's, and so, but here's the kicker for us. If you are a follower of Jesus, did you know that God has given you superpowers so that you can be a superhero? Now, some of you are going, great, I can fly home, I don't have to drive to church anymore. Okay, no, not quite what I'm talking about. It's, it's not, I'm not saying that he's made it possible for you to be, become famous and have movies made about you. Most of us will never be known widely, but fame is not part of the equation when it makes a superhero. A superhero is someone who utilises his or her abilities in a specific context to help in a specific way. In fact, I think part of loving your church is being the hero that God has made you to be. And we're going to look at three different ways that this is true for the church. So you have superpowers, which are called spiritual gifts. You have superpowers, which are called spiritual gifts. In 1 Corinthians 12, it starts off by letting us know that Paul, the author of the letter, is going to talk about spiritual gifts um, and in elaborating on them, he says this in, in, in verse, chapter 12, verses 1 to 4. He says, Now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are a variety of ministries, and the same Lord. There are a variety of effects, but the same God who works all things in all persons. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. So you see there's actually a, a unifying factor here. There's one God, there's... Um, um, the same God is working out the good for all, all people and the common good for everyone. Um, and I want to zoom in in the last part of verse 6. God works all things in all persons, meaning that God empowers the gifts in his followers. I think sometimes in church what we, we rest on is this idea that the longer I'm in church, the more that I can do. And you know what I've come to realise? There's some things in the church doesn't matter how long I've been there, doesn't matter if I'm in charge or not, that I may never be able to do well. Why? Because God doesn't empower me to do those things. God doesn't equip me to do those things. And I can, I can suffer through it, but it's not what God is calling me to do. And so, but God has actually empowers his followers with the spiritual gifts. God gives each and every one of his followers at least one. So if you are a follower of Jesus, you say, I've given my life to Jesus and I want to be his disciple, you have got at least one spiritual gift. Okay? And again, it's not for you to recognise that one gift and go, oh, that makes me feel special, and then go back to sitting on the couch. Again, we're talking about superheroes actually put their, their superpowers to work. And a spiritual gift is a Holy Spirit-empowered ability that is given to serve others. It is a spiritual superpower, if you will, given to you, for you to use in a specific context to help in a specific way. And basically, we could talk about a lot of different gifts. And I don't want to focus on that so much today because that may take a little bit of time to research. But just quickly, we could talk about gifts of um, giving, of leadership, of mercy, of service, of teaching, administration, discernment, faith, helps, knowledge and wisdom. We could talk about any one of those things. Some of those gifts are present when someone stands up here on the front on a Sunday morning. Some gifts are, are like helps are, are seen during the week when they come in and they'll, they will clean the church. Some gifts are seen in, in, in so many other ways where people have been gifted with, with the work of their hands. And, and again, we, we see this stage up here is, is basically a work of someone using their gifts to serve God. Some people are blessed at making money. 
they have the know-how to make money and to use money for God's glory. Some of us are blessed at not having any money because, you know what, in God's wisdom, he knows if we had too much, we wouldn't do the right thing with it. And isn't it, God, isn't it great that God knows each one of his people and knows what to give them? So, not an exhaustive list, but just an idea of what's there. And there are two really important things to remember about spiritual gifts. First of all, God is the one who picked yours. Okay, God picked yours. And we've been talking a lot in the past months that God knows best for us, God is able to do what he says he's going to do, and God loves us. So we've sort of got this idea that God is, is, is okay at doing what he does. Okay, okay is probably the bottom line. He's probably a little bit more than okay at doing what he does. And so when he picks a gift for you and says, this is the gift I want you to have, he knows what he's doing. Don't look around and go, do you know what? I wish I had a different gift to that one. I wish I could do something else than them doing this one because, oh, people recognize that one more than mine. Again, straight away, that's about you, not about using your gift for God's glory. Um, and so God is the one that picks it for us. And secondly, it's a spirit-empowered gift. And so some people have got, I suppose, a natural tendency to, 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 to do different things. There's a step aside from that where you look at people that are spiritually empowered to, to use those gifts in, in an amazing way. And so we've got to realise that, that God is going to equip us more and more and more to actually use that for his glory. Now, it doesn't mean that we don't put any work in. Like, I don't rock up here each Sunday and just turn on my tablet and hopefully words come out. There is, God has gifted me and then God helps me develop that gift and work in cooperation with him. In the same way, we've got to work in cooperation to use those gifts for his glory. So, you've been given an amazing ability to be used by God, which is incredibly exciting. It all might be, also might be slightly confusing because the natural question is, oh, what are my gifts? Again, for our church, we have that the step in our discipleship pathway says, what's, my, what's your ministry? What is, what is the area that you serve in? So this question becomes very much along those lines. What are my gifts? And here are three quick ways. Well, they won't be quick in doing them, but three quick ways you can hear about that you can find out a little bit more about your gifts. First of all, experiment in serving. Actually, experiment in the things that are on offer around the church. Experiment in ways that maybe things that we're not doing around the church. Um, get involved in the church somewhere. Take a small step and volunteer and try something new. It might be a, like a, a simple task where you go, you know what, I don't know how much time I've got, I'm willing to, to do this once a month. It could be something on Sundays at the moment. We, we need lots of help around the churches as people are sort of in a little bit of transition from, from the past few months. And, and because of the situation, we actually need people to do more work than less. So we've got probably less people to do more work. So what do we need? We actually either need, we're going to be asking people to do a lot, or we need more people to put up their hand. So we need, every Sunday, we need four people for the, the kitchen. So we can serve morning tea and we can be blessed by our time of fellowship together. Can you do that? We need people that will, are willing to come along and help out with a working beat. We need people that are willing to, to step in and, and, and either develop a, 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 an interest in music, maybe you're learning an instrument and you're going, you know what, I want to hone that a little bit more so I can use that. Maybe it's actually, you know what, I've, I've really got a passion for some, a few of the people in our church and you go, maybe I can start a small group with them. 
Go for that. Develop in that area. Maybe it's something that you go, we've got a few ministries running around the church. We've got Sunday school happening right now. We've got youth on a Friday night. We've got other things happening. You go, do you know what? I, I, I wouldn't mind actually sort of seeing if I fit there. And it's okay if you don't. It's okay if you get it wrong. I think sometimes we think we've got to have this, we commit to something and go, we, we try it out for a little bit. All of a sudden you go, oh, this is not a good fit for me. I actually don't like young people. Okay, I, I will go in the seniors ministry. So, um, um, and like some, some people are oh, they're, they're total opposite going, the seniors ministry, oh, they don't listen to me because their hearing aids aren't turned up, whereas the kids don't listen to me because they're just attitude. So it's like, it's, maybe I'll pick right in the middle. I'll go family ministry. But the thing is, it doesn't matter. Like there are things that I remember years ago, I went to, um, I ran a, a training day for a number of our youth and youth leaders down in South Queensland. And it was interesting to note as these different people came and ran workshops and this guy who was really into worship, he said, worship is the most important ministry in the church. And the next guy would get up and and I'd go to a different workshop and and this guy would go, youth ministry is the most important ministry in the church. And I'd go to the next one. He'd go, administration is the most important ministry in the church. I kind of struggled with that one a little bit, but like, but then he'd like, children's ministry is the most important ministry in the church. I went, how can all these ministries be the most important ministry in the church? And then it clicked with me, for that person, that was a true statement. This is the most important ministry for me to give my time and effort and gifts to, and this is where I'm passionate about and that's what I need for each of us. As we try different things, experiment and serve, we can find an area that we are passionate about. Another thing you can try is to ask others around you. Sometimes people around us may have better insight into us than we have ourselves. And so if we let those people who know us really well say, hey, what would be an area that I, I could really serve around the church? And then you sort of, they might sort of come up with some ideas and you go, nah, that, that, I would never do that. No, you'll be really great at that. And sometimes it's a, it can be a little bit of a confidence thing. We don't really believe that about ourselves. That's, that's a job for someone else. So yeah, find someone to ask them. Come and ask me like, and, and, and we'll pray together about it and so you can sort of get some direction on it. Um, and thirdly, like on this, check your energy level. If you go into something that you, seems to drain you all the time, I probably would say, one, you either have worked too hard in it, you may have loved it once, but you're not loving it at the moment. Or two, you may never love that area. Um, and again, I've, I know people, some people love kids. Some people love youth. Some people love pre-those sort of those children that are sort of like that, that little bit under your knees and they're going, and you go, oh, that, they're sort of running around and I can't bear the noise. Other people go, I love this. I love it with all my heart. And I know some of you out there going, I couldn't stand that for one second. Like, um, if that was the only ministry left in the church, I still wouldn't say yes. But that's the thing. We've got to serve where our passion is and what actually recharges us. Um, and, and that becomes really important because, again, if we serve in a way that actually drains us, it means that we won't serve as long. Um, and so we need to remember we have superpowers, which are spiritual gifts. Um, Probably one other thing. I thought of this this morning. It's not actually part of my notes, but I'm going to go off on a tangent a bit. Are there things about our church you go, I wish that was done better? Anyway, no, don't shake your heads, okay? Because some of you are going to move your heads right now. I just want you to think, okay, about this. You go, oh, if that was done better, oh, if, if I was in charge of that, I would so do this. Okay, this is what I want you to think about. Sometimes those things that are undone, they shouldn't be for me or someone else to do it's actually God creating a 
something inside of you to go, you know what, I want to see this done well. And there are areas of ministry where I go, I really want to see that done well. That's so, not so much. Okay, I don't really care about that one so much. But this one, oh yeah, it's sort of when it's not done well, I get really upset about it. Use that upset to actually spur yourself into action. Don't come and tell me about it. Come and say, I suppose, change it into a positive. Rather than being a complaint of something that's not happening, make it a suggestion of something that you can do. Hey, Pastor Keith, hey, I've seen this, this is not happening. Can I help out with that? You'll probably find nine times out of ten I'm going to say yes very quickly because, again, if God is calling you to that, you've, you've recognised that, it's, but I don't need you coming up and saying, this is what I'd really like happening at church, can you do it as well? Because that's not going to help me. All of a sudden I'm going, but that's not a passion area for me. I can do it, but like you really are passionate about it. I want you to sort of serve in that way. So we've got spiritual gifts, our superpowers, but we also have a super team, which is the church. And I suppose some of the movies that have come out recently, you see the Justice League movie, see the Avengers movie, they actually have this concept of, of team, how they couldn't save the world without everyone else. It's the same with the church. Um, we, we can't actually meet the needs that are in the community around us without everyone involved. We've been talking about that on and off over the past couple of months, how we as a church, um, as a body, we are, we are called to be together. And so when people are missing, there's part of the body missing. And again, it could be a really important part of the body, but every part of the body is important when you think about how a body works. Anyone here would like to walk around with no kneecaps? No, you, you wouldn't. Like you'd be like this, and you'd, I'm assuming there'd be pain, and your body wouldn't be working well. Uh, anyone here want to sort of walk around without a mouth? Again, like the belly would work and remind you are hungry, and there'd be no way to resolve it. You have no eyes. Again, you can hear and feel and smell, but you can't see. And and by the and there are people out there who have lost a sense of taste. There are some vegetables in the world that don't taste any good already and to have no taste or like maybe maybe it's easier to. to At least with a meal I go, I'm going to eat my veggies first and then I'm going to eat the food that I enjoy at the end of the meal. If I've got no sense of taste or no no sense of smell, I'm going, it's all the same. It's all going to... And that's, sometimes as a church, we, when people are not part of the church, when they're missing for, for a number of different reasons, all of a sudden, the body's not complete. And we are, we are called to be a super team. Uh, Romans 12, 4, to 4 and 5 says, For just as we have many mem- members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members one of, of another. See, your gift is not given to you for you. You get that? Your gift is not given to you for you. Like, again, going back to a Superman kind of syndrome, Superman is is not given superpowers so he can move his furniture around every week without too much effort. So he can open up those jars that no one else can open up. He can just do it really quickly. Our, Our gifts are given so we can use them for that greater purpose. And the Bible teaches that spiritual gifts were given to us, but for others. They're given so that we can grow the church. Um, and so your gifts were given to help others, to serve others, to benefit others. They weren't given to you for you and your enjoyment. And I remember really clearly, I was in high school, and I did a spiritual gifts test. Uh, again, that's on offer for anyone who wants to look at finding out more about this. But I actually did it, and I went, oh, look at the gifts I've got. 
I gave myself a pat on the back and I went, it's all about, oh, I've got the really cool gifts or I've got this gift and you don't have that gift. That means I'm more important. And I totally missed the point of it. Because, it, again, at that point of stage, I never went on to use any of them. It was just sort of a label and I could, in, in church circles, I could go, I've got the spiritual gift of leadership. What have you got? And I went, totally missing the point. Again, leadership is given so that I can lead and actually help others come to know Jesus. Help others sort of be involved in that, that, that sort of journey as well. It's not done for my benefit. And very in my, in my immature faith, I just went, this is about making me look better to other people. It probably didn't make me look better. I thought in my mind it made me look better. It probably looked like a bit of a jerk at times. But I felt, thought it made me look better. And, and so it's actually for other uh, people. And see, Romans 12, 4 and 5 clarifies that we purposely and specifically by design don't all function the same way. And I, I don't know if you realise that, that is such a joy for me because I don't know what it would be like having a church full of me. Um, I don't know if I'd enjoy that so much. Um, I enjoy having a church that is diverse, people of different personalities, different giftings, different passions. Because all of a sudden, a church full of me would do the things that I'm passionate about and all the other areas that God is calling our church to doesn't get done. And so again, if God taps into your passions and God is using your gifting in that different way, praise God for that. We have different giftings because we need one another. Romans 12.5 even takes it so far to say that we are members one of another, meaning each member belongs to all others. So your gifts aren't yours, they're mine. And my, and my gifts aren't mine, they're really yours. Because God uh, made the DNA of this church to be supernaturally infused with all these gifts. So each church is meant to be complete with the set of gifts that they need to achieve God's work. Now this should be both a lesson of humility, but also a responsibility for us. Humility because the gift is not about us, but responsibility because God knew someone else would need our help, would need to experience God working through our gifts to minister to them. And God chooses us and invites us to be used by him. He does that by bringing us together, mobilising us together, teaming us up together, using us together. And I'm sure there's strength in numbers, but numbers brought together by the hand of God and empowered by God, that's more than natural strength. There's a type of power that can change a church for God, change a neighbourhood for God, and even change a nation for God. You have been given superpowers, you are part of a super team, but remember, to have a power isn't what makes you a hero, there has to be action. And so, we need to remember that this, this super team, the church, has a community in need. This church needs you, and this neighbourhood needs you, this community needs you, not because they need you, uh, not because they need you, but because they need God. And in God's wisdom and plan, He has decided He would empower us with the ability to serve one another and the world around us. God doesn't give us a gift um, for uh, to, for to do church for an hour each week. He gives us um, he, he gives us to meet the needs around us. We have, in our church, we have, again, I've, I've spoken about a few, and we have a number of areas where you can get involved. We have a number of areas that we need to develop. Like, um, 
presently, I sort of show about this on Friday night, uh, little Shay is, is coming to the end of high school and he's been inviting quite a few of his mates over the past couple of years who are all going to be finishing high school as well. And there's going to be not, it's going to be more difficult to invite them along to stuff. They might come to some of the men's stuff, but we don't have a ministry running for young adults in our church at the present time. We don't have something, and, and you know what? I have no more hours to take away from sleep. I'm pretty at my bare minimum at the moment. But the thing is, so for that ministry to happen, we need someone who is passionate about young adults knowing Christ, knowing their identity in Christ and following their calling for Christ. That might be you. That might be you with other people. But again, as, as it happens, there are ministries around our church that we are crying out for people to be a, a part of. What are the things that are in the sphere of our church, even in the sphere of your life, that needs the gift that God gave you to be in action and in motion? Can you imagine with me a little bit right now, can you imagine what our church would be like if everyone was flowing in their gifting? Can you imagine what our community would be like, what the city would be like, if we were all serving in the ways that utilise the gifts that God has, that God has given us? Well, to get to this last point of putting our gifts into action is something that we must do. And so we've been talking about superheroes for, for a lot of time. I want to just shift a little bit and start talking about Christmas presents. I know it's a little bit early for some of you, but I want to talk about opening your gifts. Um, so I want you to imagine Christmas Day, you've got kids around. They might be your kids. They might be nephews or nieces. They might be grandkids. And... But instead of this huge amount of excitement um, and, and trying to restrain the children from devouring the Christmas wrap, you ask, who is ready to open Christmas presents? And instead of shouts of joy, you're met with a shoulder, shoulder shrug. Eh, whatever, I'll be here. Can you, can you imagine that indifference when it comes to Christmas presents? Most parents go, no, I can't imagine that at all. Like, um, I, I, like it sort of like becomes like a present lust. I'm sort of opening one present, where's my next present? And it's sort of like they get addicted for a, for a period of time. We couldn't imagine this idea of not desiring to open up. But if you are a follower of Jesus who is not utilising the spiritual gifts that God has given you for the betterment of the church and community, then you are like a Christmas present that is ignored and unopened. You are walking up to the gift that God has has given you, shrugging your shoulders and saying, eh, I don't really care at the moment. Oh, yeah, maybe God can use it at some point in time. That's not how it's supposed to be. So I want to finish up with this final final few questions. Why did God give you to this church? It's a bit of a different question because a lot of times we go, so why do you come to this church? What do you get out of this church? What, what draws you to this church? Now the question I have is why did God give you to this church? We, we, we often ask the wrong question, but as we, we discovered in the Experiencing God series, there is something that you uniquely bring to this church. So why has God put you here? Maybe it is because you've had needs met and you feel specialness in the fellowship and, and you, you feel the joy of relationship. But again, we're talking about love and serving today. So why has God put you here? Why did God give this community the gift of you? Have you ever thought about that? This church has received the gift of you. 
Don't, don't walk out with tickets on yourself, okay? But like, you are a gift to this church. And using your gifts is a gift to this church. And in so doing, the church becomes a gift to this community and a gift to those who are, have needs around us. Was it because of your teaching or your leadership, your encouragement, um, your discernment, or whatever it is that makes you the superpowered you? Why did God give us the gift of you? So as we wrap up today, don't be an unopened gift. Discover the gift that God has empowered you with. Discover the ways that you can passionately utilise those gifts and be the gift that you are. Serve this church and this community and the way God made you with the gifts he has given you. Be a hero for Jesus and be a part of this super team. Let's just pray. Lord, we, we thank you that um, for everyone who is sitting here because you have gifted them to this body. You've gifted them to this family. And so, Lord, I, I pray that we would understand um, how you have gifted us, how you have shaped us, how you have shaped even our passions and that we would be willing to move in such a way that you would use us, you would use us in conjunction with others around this place, that we would see new things begin because we are passionate about serving you and using and being the hero that you want us to be. Uh, God, help, God, help us to know who we are and to, to put that into action, Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.